Uh, 18 years ago, I've been following God, I've been coming along to church uh, for nearly 20 years, so 19 years, yeah, what? <sighs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of what and going on, but anyway, 18 years ago, I was at church and I responded to a, a, a call where I went up to the front of the room and it was to learn how to pray because I didn't know how to pray and I was scared about praying, but she had this anointing for prayer. She was actually a prophet uh, from the UK. Anyway, she, she was going along the line, and, you know, you can feel the coming. You think, oh, 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 you know, don't, don't squeal or anything like that. Don't make faces. Just be cool. Be cool. So I'm standing there being cool. Anyway, she gets to me, and she stops right in front of me. And I know she's there, even though I've got my eyes shut. And she goes, open your eyes. So I open them. Then she goes to me, do you preach? I'm like, no. <laughs> and I mean, I'd like that, no, like that. And then she goes, you will. God has anointed you to preach his word. She prays and then she moves on. I'm like, what? What was that? I mean, not only did I, I was going up to, to learn how to pray or to get something happening. I'd never prayed out loud in front of anybody. And then she says to me that I'm going to preach. I mean, what? Actually, that's the title of my message. You said what? <laughs> you said what? I mean, it was a little bit unbelievable to me because I think, wow. But do you know, she had such um, resolve in her when she said it to me. She said, you will preach like that, like right into my eyes. <laughs> and, and even though at that time I was a new Christian, couldn't pray, hardly read the Bible, it, it sat in me. There was just something about that. So, uh, and in between, then that would have been in probably 2005. Uh, in between then, I got many words about preaching. And in, 2000, in, the, in November 2011 was the first time that I actually did preach. Now you think, now I could have looked at her and think like, well, I actually did at the time, just to be honest. I thought, that's absolute rubbish. Because I had a fear of speaking in front of people as well. Like, that's the last thing that you want to hear. So that why, that's why uh, today I'm going to talk about when you get a prophetic word, and I'm going to talk a little bit about prophecy, but what do you do with it? What do you do with it? Who's had a prophetic word? Have you had a prophetic word? Yeah. Fear. That's good. False evidence appearing real. That's right. But I love you. I love your participation. It's awesome. Keep it up. Oh, come on. Yeah. I, I like this guy already. What's your name? What's your name? Samuel. Oh, that's a good name, Samuel. Samuel's in. Oh, I like it. Well, good. Keep it up. So with that, you just think like, what? You said, what? What do we do when we get a prophecy? I mean, who has had one? Put your hands up again. Plenty of people. Those that haven't raised their hands, they probably, because prophecy comes from all different ways, from reading the Bible. That's probably the main way, reading the Bible, from dreams, visions, encounters with God through prayer, lots of different ways. But today I'm going to actually speak specifically about prophecies that have been spoken over you from other people. All right? So that I'm just concentrating on that. It doesn't mean that some of the things we're talking about do not apply to the other ways that you hear from God, but I'm just looking at that. So uh, online, hello there, you can put 
you said, what, in the chat. I just want to make sure you guys are awake. Not just put your toast down and type it. Let's go. Let's go. All right. You might be here today and, you know, you, you, you don't have a relationship with God. That's okay. I'm glad you're here today. But I've got a word for you or those that have never been here before or don't have a relationship with God. And the word is that he loves you. He's always wanted a relationship with you. A little bit later on, I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite a Jesus that loves you into your heart. He's been chasing you down. You don't even know why you're here, but he does. Believe me. Okay, so prophecy is uh, God's heart shared with his people through his people. Prophecy is one of the gifts God gives us so that we can bless others. Yes. So in 1 Corinthians 14.3, it says, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages others, and comforts others. So when someone prophesies, they strengthen, they encourage, they comfort. That's what it's all about. It's about strengthening. It's an encouragement gift. It builds people. It builds you up. It stirs you up or it cheers you up. I felt stirred up from that word. I didn't feel encouraged by it, but I was stirred up because I'm thinking like, she said, what? Anyway, but I was stirred up. Didn't know what was going on. Didn't feel encouraged because I didn't want to, but I was stirred up. So that's what I mean. Sometimes you can hear something that you think, no way. Doesn't mean it's actually incorrect. It can just stir you up. Sometimes it stirs you up to know more. So prophecy strengthens, encourages, and comforts and should lead us to the word of God. To prophesy is to tell someone a message that is inspired by God through the Holy Spirit. So it usually reveals the plans, purposes, and ways of God. His character, it's got it on it. You can sense when God is speaking to you. Uh, At the beginning of this year, I actually preached on how to prophesy over someone. So if you want to learn more about that, go on the podcast. That was the first preach of the year on the 2nd of January. So I'm not going to talk about that today. So it's how to hear from God and how to prophesy over someone. Different, different thing. So we're all prophetic. It says that also in the Bible. We, it says all may prophesy. So we all have the gift in us. Whether we use it is another story, but we all have a prophetic gift on the inside of us. So I'm just going to talk about some thoughts about uh, prophetic words. So in the kingdom of God, there's a principle of stewardship, sowing and reaping. It applies to every aspect of our lives as a Christian and our finances, our relationships, our intimacy with God, but it also applies to our prophetic words. How are we stewarding them? What are we doing with them? They are actually invitations from heaven. Just because someone prophesies something over you, it doesn't mean it's a done deal, that God is just going to, like all of a sudden, he was just going to beam into me how to preach and how to read the word and how to pray. That, that just doesn't happen. It's not biblical. So just because someone prophesies something, it is not a done deal. You have to, uh, the, the actually, there is much, responsi- there's much responsibility on the receiver of a prophetic word as the deliverer. So, uh, but what we can do, sometimes we can fail to pick up one of the weapons that God has given us to destroy the opposition and to walk into the life he's called us. If we just don't even acknowledge that word, we cannot take that tool to actually, that's actually going to help us to destroy the opposition. So, uh, 
So when you have receive a prophetic word, you've got a choice on uh, whether you agree with it or whether you don't, and that's okay. But it can be pretty frustrating and uh, disappointing and disillusioned. You can have disillusionment from having a prophetic word you might have had 20 years ago that has not come to pass. And you might think, well, what was that? You said that. You said what? And that hasn't happened. It can, it can put a disappointment in you. And it can sometimes make you think, well, I'm just not going to listen to anything prophetic. I'm not going to listen to any dreams. I'm not going to listen to any visions. I'm not going to listen to anything I hear from God, which would be crazy. Really, really nuts. Okay. Uh, so there's three things that I'm going to talk about when you get a, get a uh, word from God. There's revelation, interpretation, and application. So the revelation, the revelation is received, and then it's reported. Received and reported. That's the revelation. So it's, it's spoken over somebody, just like over Joe. That was the word from God spoken over. Revelation. Interpretation. So more often, the interpretation is more from the recipient than the person speaking it. I have no clue about Joe. I have never met her before. I'd met her briefly. I just found out what her name is, but immediately God starts talking to me about her. I, I don't know her. So really, the interpretation of that word, she was nodding her head like that, so I, I'm thinking it must have meant something to her at the time. So, but, but that's the recipient. Whoever receives it is taking that and learning. Like, like, you know, like it's more because God tends to speak on how we understand, what we understand. Yeah. So the, the interpretation, though, should be tested and weighed. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 19 to 21, it says, do not quench the spirit. Like, do not turn your back on the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. In 1 Corinthians 14, 29, it says, two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. So we should test all things. All things. doesn't matter who it's from. They could be the mightiest prophet in the world or whatever. But we will test all things. We will look at all things. But we will hold on to all the things that are good. That's what it says. Test all things. Hold fast to what is good. Hold fast. If there's something that is releasing life, releasing hope, releasing vision, bringing strength, bringing encouragement, bringing comfort, we're going to grab a hold of that. Grab a hold of it because it's for you. So test and weigh. So there's some certain things, and I'm just going to go quickly through them on how we test and weigh something. Someone gives you a prophetic word. The first thing is, is it consistent with God's character and the word of God? Is it the truth? If someone told me and spoke over me that I was going to steal something from my neighbor, oh, I don't think that's God because it's not in his character. And he says, do not steal in the Bible. So do you understand? I know that's a ridiculous example, but it's just that simple. If it doesn't have the character of God on it, if it doesn't have, like, if, if the word of God is not, like, consistent with the word of God, so that's the first thing to test and weigh. The second thing, does it resonate with me? Does it make sense to me? Now, that doesn't mean, like, if it doesn't make sense, that I just chuck it out immediately because it might not be for now. But if it doesn't resonate with me at that time, I, I might put it on the shelf. I'll talk a little bit. We, you might have heard that before. I'll put it on the shelf. doesn't mean that I'm, I'm thinking like that might be something for later. I might pray about that later. So I'll put it on the shelf. 
So, but if it does resonate with me, well, there's a good chance then that it might be God. Third thing, how do uh, my family, my friends, and my leaders who love me feel about this? So it's, especially if it's a directional word. If someone tell, tells you you're going to be moving to Afghanistan or whatever, if someone tells you something that's directional or you're going to get a new job or you should leave your job, like, honestly, you need to weigh that. You need to test it. Like, and, and then speak to someone. Like, what are your friends, family, and your leaders who love you? How do they feel about it? You, you, you bring in the counsel, the counsel of wisdom. Okay, the fourth thing is, do I trust the source? Not the tomato source, the source of the word. Do I trust the source? Who are they? Who, who is that person? Do they have anything to gain? Like, what's their motivation? I know this sounds really critical and cynical, but this is how you weigh and test a word. I, I do this with all of my words. doesn't matter who it is. I just think, like, uh, like who are they? What's their track record? Who are they accountable to? That's one of the main things for me. Who are they accountable to? I don't want some random person who's off doing their own thing uh, talking a word over me. Just put it that way. Like, so who are they? Should you... So should you just receive a word from anybody? No, you're not obligated to receive any word. So that's the fourth thing. The fifth thing, does it draw me closer to Jesus? Does it lead me to fruitfulness? Does it lead me, yeah, what, what, what is it? Is it going to lead me? Is it, help me? is it helping me? Is it encouraging me? Is it strengthening me? Is it comforting me? So I would avoid uh, back room, now, if someone drew you into the back room, like, I've got this word for you from the Lord, like, right away, I'm suspect. Like, I don't even know whether I'd let them to tell you the truth. Or, or it might be a car park. We call it car park prophecy. Someone prophesies you over. In the car. If there are no witnesses around you, I want witnesses. I want witnesses. I want someone, like, because you don't need to hear, like, little secret. God, you know, if it's a word from God, it can be in front of witnesses. It does not, so avoid back room. Uh, I've actually had a car park prophecy from someone in this room, but it's all good. <laughs> That's right, it's Dan Bowman. <laughs> Did you say that? Did you say, is it you? Oh, I've probably had one from him as well. But, so I'm saying that about car park prophecies. However, it doesn't mean that if someone gives you a word that it's not correct either because we get, we've already learned how to test it. So Dan, on the uh, 25th of October, 2011, 2011, he said to me, uh, Teresa, I felt God was saying uh, to you to be bold and, and that he's anointed and made your words powerful. 2011. Now... What, what did I do? I ran through those things. That was a word from God for me. Right at that time, and I remember it, I recall it. We were standing right in that car park out there, but I recall it. Even now, I feel the Spirit of God on it. That's what I mean. When, when it's a word from God, I can, I can feel it. I can feel it. It's, it does it. Do I feel encouraged? Yes. Do I feel strengthened? Yes. Do I feel comforted? Yes. At that time, I wasn't feeling bold. I was not feeling like there was any anointing on me. I hadn't even preached yet, ever. That was a word. So I'm not saying that, you know, don't pay any attention to anybody's words. Like, like, don't go, don't diss everybody. I don't mean that. What I am saying is just test it. Test the word. 
resonates with you. So, good job, Dan Bowman. So good. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. Drop the phone down there. Okay. So, those things, uh, anything done in... Every, anything done privately with no witnesses around, I would weight it with probably 5%, just straight up. Because, and then I'd still go through the things, but if it didn't resonate with me, I'd just bin it. There's a few things you, you can, one, bin it, two, shelve it, put it there for later. It might not mean a thing to you, but it doesn't mean that it's not a word from God. So shelve it, or three, act on it. Now, what happens if you get a word saying, move to Afghanistan? Uh, <laughs> I've got this, because I've had actually, you know, you can laugh, but I've had many prophetic words that have been said to be prophetic words about selling my house, moving location, moving countries, moving to another church, uh, many, many directional words. I have, I have over my time in church, lots and lots of them, so many. I don't, I've lost count. There is a lot. So what do I do when someone gives me a directional word like that? I mean, because, you know, selling your house, that's a big deal. Moving, uh, moving to Afghanistan, that's a big deal. Like moving, you know, moving even out of this church is a big deal to me because this is where my life is. So that, that's what do you, so this is what you do when you get a word like that. You do uh, nothing. You do nothing differently unless you're definitely directed. So I'm not saying they're not a word from God, but you, you do nothing immediately. You don't be hasty about words. Get prayer counsel. Get spiritual leadership counsel and test that word. So especially when it's things about your life, about uh, you know, who you're going to marry or geographical moves, uh, pray about it, get counsel and spiritual leadership, but do nothing Differently, straight up. Oh, not, well, could be disastrous if it's not God, just saying. <laughs> so if, if a word messes with you and, and you know, you, there's just something in you, something's happened and you just like, it's just messing with you, seek spiritual counsel. See a leader. See your group leader, see a pastor, whatever. If it's messing with you, do that. You might be here in this room right now, and you've had a word before, and, and, and it's still there, and it's messing with you. See somebody, okay? Good. Good job. So uh, what do you do? So that's all how you test it. So now, now I'm only talking about words that you do feel are God, okay? We've talked about how to test a word. Now I'm talking about words that you feel that are God. And th this is when we're up to the third thing. We've done revelation, interpretation. Now we're going to do application. Very few people actually apply their prophetic words. I've talked to many people. We've got amazing prophetic words, but they've never actually done anything with it. And I don't know what that is. You know, maybe you just don't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. So I'm going to help you today. This is what you do. So the Apostle Paul, he, he writes in 1 Timothy 4, 14 to 15. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Put these things into practice. Devote yourself to them so that all may see your progress. Gifts in your prophetic 
that, that have been laid on with the prophetic word of God are meant to, you're just supposed to devote yourself to them, put them to practice and uh, see your progress. So that's what we're going to do here. So the number one thing is record it. Any prophetic word, like if you've got your phone, record it. If you don't have your phone, write it down as much as you can word for word. I prefer to record it because you miss things. When someone is prophesying over me, I might catch the first sentence and don't even get the rest. So record it. If you've had a prophecy in this room, it is recorded. You can request it uh, from church. You can send an email. Please make sure you know what date it is, what service it is, because the person looking for it needs to find it specifically. So record it. Record it. I record it. All these, this is a folder of so many prophecies. These are only my ones up to 2015 because the rest of them are electronic. But I've had like pages, pages and pages of prophecies over my life. Many of them have come to pass. Many. There are still some in there that have not so what does that mean? Just because something was said 15 years ago and it hasn't happened now, does it mean that it was a, that person was a false prophet? Not necessarily, because if it was God, it just means it's still, you know, God, uh, when he gave me that word about that I was going to preach, it was a word from God, but in the meantime, he was making sure, he was working on me on the ability to be able to carry that. I was not ready, not by a long shot. So... It was a word from God, but he works in me. He practiced, like he, he's got me going somewhere. So record it. I, rec I have most of my prophecies actually on my phone. When I uh, am feeling, you know, not great, I will listen to those and remember who God says I am. I will do that. So that's it. Record it. The second thing is, like, and I tra even if I've recorded it, I transcribe them. Even those that I've got on a recording, I transcribe them because there is a power in the word and I read it and I highlight certain parts of that prophecy that stand out to me and I think, whoa, this is so awesome. I'm going to tell you what you can do with those things. It's just so exciting. I pray into the word. Record it. Pray into it because God can help you. He can tell you more himself about that word you've received. He can go into the finer details. He can tell you your next step from that. Uh, he can give you more revelation. So prophecies, yeah, they, they just get you ready to house what you are going to. Yeah? It's exciting, isn't it? So what do you do with that? So in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 18 to 19, it says, This charge I commit to you, uh, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, uh, that by them you may wage the good warfare, having faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. It talks about waging the good warfare. So you can take your prophetic words and you can wage good warfare. This is from um, Dan McCullum. He, he talks about how to wage good warfare with your prophetic words. So the, Because the prophetic addresses our potential not necessarily where we are, and you can see a major shift, but that, that happens from waging warfare. So the first thing is, is I am statements. I'm going to give you an example. You are, you, you've got them written out now. You've got it written out, and then underline anything that speaks about your identity. You, keep, like, you see, when we lose our, ident our identity, we relinquish 
any authority that we have. Our identity is pivotal. It's pivotal. It really is. So anything about your identity. So I'm going to, like, and then you write out I am statements, words that, that start to stir you up, start to encourage you. I mean, I've got so many of them, but I'm going to read some of them out, but they're from prophetic words. Uh, like, I am a woman of God, I am God's mouthpiece, I'm a preacher, I'm a leader, I'm an atmosphere changer, I'm an influencer, I'm a warrior with a warrior spirit. It just goes on and on. I've taken parts out who I am. That's who God says I am. I am. So when even reading that, I'm like, I can feel it. It's building me up, stirs up, builds up, encourages, comforts, does all those things. So number one, I am statements. The second thing is promises. Take the promises out and thank God for them. Pull out the promises. Like what? It's what God says he will do. Take them out, pull out. But we have to partner with him. It's not all about him. It's we, we partner with him. Thank him for saying. Now, I'm going to read you a word, part of a word that I got from Vicki Simpson on the 16th of May in 2020. God is sharpening you like a knife. <laughs> God is sharpening your edge. God is trusting you with increased spiritual authority. Your words have increased authority. Uh, you are ready to be entrusted with something that is sharper, a knife that will do damage to the enemy's camp, sharper, two-edged sword, knife that cuts through the crap and reveals the weapon, lopping off the demon's heads with one, one foul swoop. It goes on. I mean, it's an incredible word. So I look at that and I thought, what are the I am's from that? I am trusted by God. I am a weapon to lop the demon's heads off with one foul sweep. Oh, I like that. That's cool, right? Because in my mind, I can see it. A sword, like God has given me a sword. She says that. I believe it. And I can just see cutting the heads of demons, things that don't belong in my life and the lives of others. So those are I am's. But the thank yous are, thank you, God, for sharpening me, for trusting me, for increasing spiritual authority. Thank you, God, uh, for saying that, you know, because part of that word is what's taken me at times seemingly years to achieve is going to take months, months, days, days, hours. Like, who loves that prophecy? <laughs> like, come on. So I'm like, thank you, God, for that. So these are things. So I go the I ams and the thank yous. Gideon in the Bible, in Judges 6, he was hiding in the wine press away from the enemies. In Judges 6, an angel of the Lord came, appeared to Gideon, and, and the angel said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon, he's not feeling it. Gideon said, you said what? No, he didn't say that. But anyway, Gideon did say in Judges 6.15, pardon me, my Lord. See, he doesn't speak like me. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. Uh, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. He was not feeling it. He did not have the identity of being a mighty warrior. See, we usually call someone a mighty warrior when they've proved themselves to be one. Is that not correct? But in the kingdom of God, you can win battles because God says you are a mighty warrior before you've actually done anything. He called Gideon a mighty warrior. What battles do you need to win? What do you need to clear over you? Declare over you. The you know there is power in the prophetic. You can win battles. You are a mighty warrior. 
Who does heaven say you are? So you can do those things by I am statements, taking out the promises and declaring them over yourself, thanking God for them, but also doing something practical. If you're called to be a leader, are you even serving? That could might be your Now, what can you do practically? If you're going to be a leader, you actually first usually have to be a follower. So, you know, are you in a team? Did someone say that you're a pastor? Well, do you need to do Bible college? By the way, Bible college starts this Tuesday, and it's about identity in Christ by Pastor Phil. It's about identity. If you've got identity issues, you need to get to Bible college. So that, there you go. Like, what, what if someone said, oh, you know, you've got a prophetic gift. What do you do with that? Like, do, do you see? Do you start hanging around with people that are prophetic as well? What do you do? What, do you, what can you do? Do you read a book? Do you do a course? What if somebody tells you you're, you've got the gift of prayer and intercession? What do you do? Attend a prayer meeting would probably be a good thing. Do, do you see? So there are things that you can do. I am statements, thank yous, and you can do things practically. You can take something that's heavenly, but you can bring it and use it powerfully for God. That's what we can do with our prophetic words. So let me pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you're here. And I thank you, Lord, for the words that you've given us. Father, you are so good. We thank you, Lord, that you speak strength, that you speak encouragement, that you speak comfort. I thank you, Father, for every person here. But Lord, I pray for words that have been spoken already, that they'll be stirred up, they will be renewed, they will be reborn in Jesus' name, that we can take them and we can know who we are. We can take them and we can thank you for what you're going to do with us as we partner with you. We thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you'll give us steps, even practically, of things that we can do. You're a good, good God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for right now dropping gifts into hearts. Release them, Jesus' name. Release them, Father. Encourage each person, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. David, I just see you, you, David, yeah, just with a, a gift, a relational gift. Like, I feel God has been waking up the boldness in you to, uh, to meet other people, to be around other people. People want to be around you. You've just got that. You've got that relational thing happening. So, Lord, I Father, I pray that you just release gifts and you wake them up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, after the service, this is what happens, but anyway, gifts are everywhere in this room. Come up afterwards if you are not sure. Like, our team will pray with you. Like, God wants, he wants you to move in what he's called you to. He wants you to be able to use the gifts. He wants you to stir them up. It says stir up the gifts. And, and like, so, you know, you might be here today for the very first time, like Samuel. You might be here like Joe. You might, you, might, you might be here and you don't have a relationship with God. He does love you. You might think, what am I even doing here? But you are here for a reason. It is not an accident that you are here. Very soon, I'm going to give you an opportunity to invite a God that loves you into your heart. And uh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to, we're all going to pray together. I'm going to lead us in a prayer to invite him into your heart. But you can do that by raising your hand, which 
and then I'll acknowledge your hand and you can put it down. So if I can just ask you to close your eyes right now. I haven't always had a relationship with God. Uh, I was a very different person 19 years ago. Had a lot of issues that I didn't even think were issues, but I, there was a lot of hurt on the inside of me. The day that God revealed himself to me and he, I knew he was real changed my life. He stepped into my heart and started to work on me from the inside out. He led me into uh, what he purposed in me. He led me and he gave me purpose. You might be here today and that's what you want, purpose, life, a fresh start. If you've never had a relationship with God, very soon I'm going to ask you to respond uh, by raising your hand if you want one with him. Or you may have at one time followed God. You might have been brought up in a church but today you know that you want to reconnect to him, a father who loves you, who right now has his arms wide open for you. He doesn't care where you've been. He wants you back. So very soon I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as well. And the third type of person I'm talking about, you might have been coming along for a while, but you know in your heart you haven't committed 100% and you're not certain that, you, that if you were to die that you'd go to heaven. You want that assurance. That assurance only comes from having a relationship with Jesus in your heart, by committing to him, by surrendering, by asking God to forgive you and surrendering to him. So right now, while every eye is closed, if you're here today and you want to commence a, a new relationship with God or you want to reconnect to him, or you want to be certain you're going to heaven right now, I just want you to raise your hand up high so we can pray. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for those five hands that I see there. Thank you. Who else is here? Six, one at the back. Thank you. Who else is there? There's six people. Who else wants to invite a jet seven over there at the back? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Every Christian is praying. Who else is there that wants to have a relationship with God? Jesus, thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Is there anyone else, other than these seven people that have raised their hand, is there anyone else that wants to have a relationship with God, a God who loves you, who is speaking into your life right now? Thank you, Lord. Just one more time, just looking. Okay, you can put your hands down. Let's pray. Keep your eyes closed. I'm going to say a, pray a prayer, and I just want you to repeat it after me. We're all going to pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today, and I invite you into my heart. Thank you that you love me, that you died on a cross for me and my sin. I'm turning to you to follow you. I renounce the devil and all his ways. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Show me how to live. I thank you that today I am forgiven. I'm set free, and I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give these guys a hand. So good, so good. Just close your eyes again, because I want to pray for you all. I just sense God 
Just pointing us, but thank you, Father, for every person that raised their hands. Lord, I thank you that you're with them, that right now I feel their hearts beating. I thank you, Father, that uh, I see the surrender in their hearts. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to lead them into good places, Father, and good people, Father, in a bright, bright day that they will see clearly now because you're in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Woo! God is good. Hey, all of those, those people put their hand up, there's two things we'd love you to do. That is like keep coming back to church, number one. The second thing is we'd love you to do a course called Alpha. I love Alpha. Alpha is where you learn about the basics of Christianity, but you get to do it with other people and you get to ask questions, but there's incredible uh, thing, powerful stories of what God has done in people's lives. So Come back to church tonight, 5 p.m. or uh, on Sundays, 9 a.m. in the morning. We'd love to see you again. And also, after the service, someone is just going to touch base with you, have a chat with you, and pray with you. So I'm going to hand back to Josh. Thank you. <laughs>